0: welcome in to another running with the wolves podcast on the believe sports network my name is gabe anderson and i'm joined as always by chris emerson
1: chris how we doing we're doing good man we're making roster moves i'm pretty excited it's my favorite time of year
0: yeah and i'm sure you're excited too because you're headed to milwaukee tomorrow correct
1: i am you know and the wolves very rarely lose two in a row and usually we come back after bad defeats where we um kind of don't play the way we should and we uh are locked in and we have big big improvements so i'm excited to see what happens
0: and before we get going i do want to mention our big event not only is he going to Milwaukee I, I want to mention we got something going on next Thursday and I'm gonna put it up on the screen here there it is So it is the Park Tavern Thirsty Pups Wolves Watch Party. So you can go tomorrow. I would check it out. It's at Park Tavern. It goes down Thursday, so tomorrow, 7 p.m. versus Milwaukee. Then Monday, 9.30 versus the Los Angeles Clippers. Then the big one will be there, 2.15 at Park Tavern in St. Louis Park against Portland we'll be doing a halftime live podcast and a live podcast after the game as well so make sure to come on out that's Park Tavern in St. Louis Park for the Thirsty pups Wolves watch party it's just a ton of fun basically a bunch of Wolves fans hanging out and enjoying the T-Wolves and talking Wolves as well so come on out Thursday 2:15 that's next Thursday at Park Tavern for the Thirsty Pups Wolves Watch Party. Should be a good time. And let's get into it. Before we could, I was writing up this show with a bunch of, uh, I wanted to talk about the Wolves collapse against Chicago yesterday, and I wanted to pile on Kyle Anderson and this and that. And then out of nowhere, the Wolves surprised me because the Timberwolves have acquired Monte Morris from the Detroit Pistons in exchange for Jake Milton, thank God, Troy Brown, and a second-round pick. Before we get into the logistics, your thoughts, initial thoughts.
1: Um, I think it's a 20-30 second-round pick, so that has almost no value um, currently. Um, The two guys we moved, you know, whatever, just salary cap filler, so that's not a big deal. Um, what I like about Monte Morris is he's been a target of ours for years now. Like I've been hearing us linked to his name for quite a long time. Um, Tim Connolly drafted him. Um, he played, he, he was there in Denver with him for, you know, five, six years, got a lot of time, you know, averaged 20 some minutes a game. Um, one year started almost all the games, uh, 21, 22, um, kind of just a quality just a quality combo guard looks like he sh- you know he shoots a decent percentage you know can can be a lead ball handler can you know move the ball around a little bit um you know point guard type issues uh or type abilities so yeah i mean probably a backup point guard more than anything and a guy that you know can give us a little spark and you know we've got some familiarity with uh with the organization so there must be a, a reason we we went after him. I hope it's not the last move though.
0: Yeah, I hope so too. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Just looking at his career stats, 10.4 points per game. If you look at the stats for Detroit this year, it's not really fair because he only played six games this year, only averaged 11 minutes. I mean, he's shooting 18% from three this year, but that is on a very low Sample size. So, but a career 38.9 three-point shooter, that's just under the percentage for the wolves on the season at 39. So that should help improve about four assists per game, point eight steals, shoots from the field, about 47%. So I like it. And also, what you gotta mention is it's it's okay. Shake Milton didn't work out. It's almost, I, I, it almost kind of mirrors what the Indiana Pacers did in the offseason. They used it, it to, to a much smaller extent. They went out and got Bruce Brown Jr. and signed him to a pretty decent contract. But what they did later on is got who they actually wanted in a Pascal Siakam. So it's almost like we followed that blueprint to a lesser extent and went out and got the guy that. Tim Conley wanted.
1: Yeah. I mean, you need those trade chips. Like you need those salaries, you know, like and and each one of those guys has a non-guaranteed that we picked up has a non-guaranteed contract for next year. So Detroit's really not taking on anything. Basically it was probably just a, a good faith move by Detroit to move a, a veteran guard that that's not getting any time for them. Um, They pick up a late second round pick, you know, you know, 10 years down the road, Um, just kind of a good look for the organization. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not gonna, you know, be the, the, the game changer to push us over to a title, but hey, let's add another vet and uh, a guy that knows the system.
0: And I just want someone who can shoot in prime time because, or I I shouldn't say prime time. I should say crunch time because like we saw against the Bulls game, the Wolves just don't have that guy who can shoot in the corner. For example, a guy that we'll talk about in a little bit, Kyle Anderson, whenever he gets kicked out a three-pointer, he doesn't know what to do. He either chucks up a three after three seconds of thinking or he dribbles away and passes it to something else we need a catch and shoot player and that's exactly what I think that Monte Morris is
1: yeah and I mean he's going to take a lot of that role that Kyle Anderson has as maybe the second ball handler if if you know Kyle Anderson doesn't remain on the team but um after Conley you know steps out takes a break A lot of times it was Kyle Anderson pretty much taking over the point guard duties. And it's nice to have a real guard that can do that now. And like you said, Mm -hmm. be an actual offensive weapon too.
0: I would agree with you. I don't think that the Timberwolves are done either. It was reported uh, or not, not report. I shouldn't say reported. I should say it was found on Twitter, I guess, that Kyle Anderson, as you know, we love, we love Kyle Anderson on this channel. He's just... He's just our favorite. Him and Jaden, man, if we ever lose those two, I tell you, it is going to be a sad day on the Running with the Wolves podcast. But it was reported that Kyle Anderson has stopped following the Wolves on his Instagram and has removed all mentions of Timberwolves on his Instagram. It's all Memphis stuff or UCLA stuff. He, he It's fine that he's posting that stuff because that's his alma mater, but – do you think that Kyle Anderson is a Timberwolf tomorrow?
1: Um, I hope not. And if he is tomorrow, hopefully not by 2 o'clock tomorrow or whenever the trade deadline is. Oh, yeah, I guess tomorrow – I meant like tomorrow that. night.
0: Tomorrow night, yeah.
1: Yeah, I hope not. Um, and, and I think, truthfully, like I've said multiple times on this podcast and in other forums, uh, the writing's been on the wall the whole season. I mean, we we extended everybody's contracts we could – this off season. And we went out of our way not to extend Kyle Anderson's. Um, He's on the last year of his deal. Um, So obviously, you know, he's not really looked at as a few piece for the team, but more than that, that he's just a net negative on the court. Like, I don't think he does anything positive for us. And I think he's actually quite a negative. So Mm
0: -hmm. hopefully
1: this might be, you know, more, more of that quote-unquote unicorn lineup with Nas at the three or something. We need, we need a spark, and it was really shown last night that we needed a spark um, other than Edwards and Cat.
0: And like you were saying, this team, and, and, may, and we're not saying that Kyle Anderson is a terrible player and can succeed somewhere else because he can, and we saw in Memphis that he can succeed. He succeeded last year too. It's just this team is too big to have a Kyle Anderson who can't shoot the ball, can't really dribble the ball, takes so much time, ruins the flow of the offense. This team is just too big for that, and guard help is needed. I just want to read this off. These are the scoring numbers for the last 10 games of Kyle Anderson to show you how bad it's been. Five, five, three, three, four, two, five, seven. That's as high in the last 10 games, six, two. So you lose Kyle Anderson. You're losing
1: four points a game. Maybe, maybe. I'm excited for him to go. And he's, and he's a, you know, a decent sized contract. So it's going to help us. Hopefully if we do move him, bring somebody back that has value, like not, you know, not some guy who's, you know, a third string or something, hopefully a guy that has, you know, starting potential.
0: So let's go over some of those guys that potentially the Wolves could be going after. Of course, the big name that's been floated to a lot of teams, including Dallas and a couple other teams, Bogdan Bondanovich. Now he is a 31-year-old shooting guard from the Atlanta Hawks. He signed a pretty favorable contract over the offseason, which actually goes down. I believe he's paid like 18 this year, and then it goes down every year. And then there's a a player option in 26-27, which could be valuable. What, What do you think? Do you think the Wolves have enough to make an offer on Bogdan, or do you think that maybe they will be overpassed by some other team and the other question is would you want Bogdan on this team I think the answer is yes but go ahead
1: I really really like him he's been one of my favorite players for a long time in the league um I mean one of my favorite might be a reach but a guy that I really like um I think he has the ability to even play like some point guard like stuff like be the ball creator be the play creator um knockdown shooter can play some small forward. I think if we, you know, moved Kyle Anderson and maybe more junior and we have some super valuable second round picks, like we have second round picks that are more valuable than some first round picks um, coming up. So like we have Memphis's for this year, which is going to be, you know, like the 33rd pick in the draft which is really valuable because you don't have to guarantee that guy. You know, a lot of times if you're drafting in the 25s or 20s, you have to guarantee that guy for three years, and he might be a complete bum that you don't want on your team after a year, Um, but that's not an option. Whereas second-round picks, you know, you get them at a lesser contract, and you can kind of finagle that a little bit more. Also, a lot of times you can pick up some euros that you can stash for a little bit and bring back when they're ready. So, We've got some valuable seconds. Um, will somebody beat us to him? I don't know. Like, it's hard to say. I don't know what Atlanta wants, but um, I would love him, and I think he would be a perfect fit. You're you're talking about the multiple year contract, and th- and that fits perfect for us because we don't. The, the, the problem with like, getting a guy like Tyus is he's a free agent next year. You know, and that's a guy we've Mm -hmm. been, we've been, you know, talked about a lot of it's probably the Minnesota connection, but who knows what he's going to want next year. He might want 25 million next year. And then, you know, we're kind of stuck. So you, it's nice to have a guy that has multiple years on his deal already. And you know what the contract's going to be.
0: By the way, I should mention, I, the, the most important question of the entire podcast What was your favorite Shake Milton moment?
1: You know, for me, truthfully, it was the signing of him. I was hoping that he would have a little spark. I was hoping he would be quite a bit better than he was. Um, But, uh, you know, he wasn't. And he just wasn't a fit. I don't know if he didn't get in shape. I don't know if he was, you know, the the role wasn't there. But, I mean, we tried to give him minutes. It just, uh, he just wasn't the guy.
0: Watch. I cannot – or I can't – obviously, I can wait for this because this would be bad for the Timberwolves. But the first time that he comes in as like a six-man for Detroit and he has like a 25-point game and Monte Morris shoot, misses a couple shots and has a bad game, all the fans are going to be like, oh, why did we get rid of him? What a dumbest – what is Tim Conley doing? I can see the post right now. Fire Tim Conley. Yeah, because He's gonna get opportunity. Both of these guys are gonna get opportunity in Detroit. Like, like they will. There was there was just no room for them here. And I don't know. I feel like Troy Brown, I feel like he was a little underused, utilized in this lineup. I, I saw a tweet that says if only the Wolves had a long defensive three point shooter that they could play over Kyle Anderson, and then they showed a picture of Troy Brown Jr. I don't know. I, I think that he got a little underutilized in uh, Coach Finch's plan, and I hope he has a better go of it in Detroit because he showed some potential here and there.
1: I liked him, you know. I liked him. He had a little bit. Of, he had a little bit of pop some of the games, but um, you know, it is what it is. He wasn't going to be like the piece on a championship team or a future guy. Um, so you know, you got to move him on, and I hope he finds greener pastures in Detroit and gets like you said get some playing time can show who he is
0: who are some other guys you could see the wolves making a run after some of the reported ones like Bogdan I've heard some rumoring of Doug at McDermott Dennis
1: Schroeder
0: Schroeder, yeah what what would you think of Schroeder on this team or
1: I would love Schroeder I've also been a I've been a long time fan of Schroeder um he's a he's a dog defensively um, he's a guy that can get to the hole, like get to the cup whenever he wants, like on anybody. He's lightning quick. Um, he's one of those guys that would be a spark offensively. And and as much as I like Mike Conley, and I think he's very valuable, if we're going to keep playing Jaden McDaniels in the starting lineup, um, we need another guy who can score for us and not just like hit an open shot. Like Monte Morris is fine, um, but he's not going to like strike fear in anybody's heart. We need mm. somebody in our roster that and preferably a guard that can get his own bucket and can put up points and and put up points in bunches. Cause I mean, the blueprint's going to be out pretty soon that if you trap Anthony Edwards, we really have nothing we can do because Jaden McDaniels can't make a basketball IQ decision to save his life. Mm-hmm. Um, Conley isn't an aggressive score anymore. And then you're left with Rudy Gobert and cat and, you know, you keep a guy on cat so he can't shoot a three. And, you know, we're kind of sunk. So we need another guy that can be an active, aggressive score on this team. And I think Dennis Schroeder would be the guy. And he also, you know, like I said, is a really quality defender. So that would be a huge upgrade. Um, we'll see. Like, it would be fun to see what we do. And, and I can't wait. And I hope it's somebody that, that has some impact um Toronto's definitely a target not only with Chris Finch's uh experience with some of these guys Schroeder not so much but you know Gary Trent Jr's there he's on the last year of a deal um who knows if they'll want to move him um like you said uh Doug McDermott like a guy I would love a guy like that you know like since we had Beasley we haven't had a guy that can come off screens and just shoot threes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he comes off a pin down, you, you throw it to him, catch and shoot three, like J.J. Redick style. That's, an, that's a part of our our team that we don't have right now. Um, that would add a whole nother dimension. Like, we need some offensive kick, even if it has a little defensive downside, because um, it's going to come to a point where we're going to need to outscore some teams.
0: The, the defense isn't going to hold forever, and you can't slow down big uh, offensive teams. I think Dennis Schroeder would be a great addition to this team. He's shooting 44%. From the field this year, 34% from three, but that is a high volume shooter. And like you said, Doug McDermott shooting almost 44% from three this season. That's exactly what the Wolves need. And you, you saw it exactly what the Wolves need is a guy that can come off of screens. When we saw Doug McDermott this year, that's exactly what he did. He would run off of down screens, go up and shoot a three. That's he's 32 years old. That's what kept him in the league for all of these years. I would love either of this guy, and wouldn't it be funny if the last Kyle Anderson play came, or impact, came when he wasn't even on the court with that bench tee? Wouldn't that just be kind of poetic?
1: It would be. It would be definitely a a, a nice reason to help him pack his bags. You know, that was a, a terrible play. And a lot of people are mad because they say the ref was a quick trigger on it and you shouldn't have called the t. And, and that very well could be true. But if you're also supposedly this this leader in the team, this veteran leader, what are you doing freaking out as bad as you did over a missed foul call that obviously the ref isn't going to say, oh yeah, stop the game. Let's go back and call that foul. Like, There's hardly any time left. Like, keep it moving. You know, he was definitely more demonstrative than everybody else on the bench. And does he deserve a T? No, but you shouldn't put yourself in that situation.
0: Yeah. Particularly when you're on thin ice. Like, when, when you're already on thin ice with a franchise, I was reading at Wolves Twitter after it came out that Kyle Anderson blocked the Wolves on Insta. And it was all, let's get rid of this guy. There was like one or two that were saying, oh, we got to hang on. I loved him last year. But it, I think the tide has turned on Kyle Anderson, kind of like how I think the tide is turning on Jane McDaniels as well. Now, don't get me wrong. We're not trading Jane McDaniels at this trade deadline. But I think it's coming. And I think yeah. we joked – I joked in the chat that – if Kyle Anderson gets traded, I will eat a cake and have a party live on the podcast. I was hoping it would happen today. I'm going to go out and get a cake, but maybe that'll have to happen tomorrow. Any other guys, potentially, that you could see the Wolves going after? Is your main objection to getting Tyus is just that he's on a one-year deal? Or one, one year left, I mean?
1: Um, no, I think he'd be fine. Um, what My main objection to Tyus is... Um, does he really bring that spark you need? Like, I think he's like the lowest person in the NBA in fouls created, like drawing a foul. Like, he's not really an offensive player. Is he a good shooter? Yes. Like, is he quality at every section of the court to making a shot? Yeah, he's great. But, like, is he going to give you 25 in a playoff game? You know, like, we need a guy that can be that spark, that can actually – you know, push us over the limit when we, when, you know, Anthony Edwards is being shut down. Um, I'm not sure he's that guy. I, I wouldn't hate it. You know, he's a very efficient point guard, you know, his to turnovers is historic, but in the same sense, you know, Mike Conley's to turnover is historic and he's hardly has a ball in the hands because it's an Anthony Edwards pretty much run team right now. So um, I think some of his greatest positives would be, Um, would be kind of be diminished on this team. And I think some of his biggest negatives are what we need to have as a positive.
0: The only thing that worries me, like you were saying, I feel like he's too much of like a Mike Conley clone. I feel like he's bringing too too much high volume, three point shooter, more of a distributor than an attacker. He's got a nice floater, but so does Mike Conley as well. But that's why I kind of like his defense. No, doesn't play much defense either. And that's why I kind of like this Monte Morris move because it's something different. It's something different than the prototypical, what the Wolves are doing. Everyone over 6'10", decent shooter, more forward-oriented. Like, I, I think he could thrive with, if he could get some chemistry going with Anthony Edwards, him spotting up in the corner. Like I said, I don't think we're done. If we could get him and Bogdan Bogdanovich, and they're both waiting in the corner for Anthony Edwards to pass them for a three ball, or or even cheaper, maybe even Doug McDermott, just waiting in it. the perimeter for Anthony Edwards to kick out for them, A, it's going to make Anthony Edwards' life way easier, and yeah. B, could be the new mini Splash Brothers.
1: I would love it. I would love to see that go. And, I mean, I would say you also keep an eye out for um, Bones Highland, speaking oh, of another sure, yeah. guy that... That Conley drafted and could probably get for a song, like almost nothing. Um, those are some real low budget guys. But yeah, I mean, waited on bated breath. One thing I've known about the uh, the trade deadline is almost always the rumors that you hear are untrue. So the right. trades that happen are things that you didn't even hear about, and you know are always a surprise. Because, like I always try to tell people. Those, those, uh, those, you know, those writers and the sports bloggers and stuff. The the organization isn't telling them what they're doing. Like, there's very little benefit to Tim Conley calling up, you know, Dane Moore or Doogie or you know John Kay and saying, "Hey, this is what we're gonna do." Print it all over the internet. Like, why? What's the benefit to an organization doing that? So. Most of the times, if you hear about it, it's probably the deal that won't happen.
0: Last question for you before we end the show and remind viewers of a cool event that we got coming up.
1: Yeah.
0: NBA as a whole question for you, who is the biggest domino that's going to fall in this trade deadline? Who, what's the big, who do you think is the biggest name when when people look back at the trade deadline that aren't like homers that aren't looking at, Oh, Monte Morris, who, who's the biggest guy that you think is going to switch teams? I'll give mine. I think DeJounte is on his way out. I think DeJounte Murray, even though the Hawks are kind of playing well lately, I think it didn't work. And the funny thing is I can see him even going back to the Spurs potentially. I think that the Hawks are going to rebuild around Trey. Who do you think?
1: You know, I think that could happen. Um, It depends if they're looking for a couple first-round picks because that's what they gave up for him. um, They Mm -hmm. might wait for the offseason, to the draft time to move him when there's, you know, like more teams that have first- first round picks that they can use. Like we could use ours this year at the draft. Um, uh, D'Angelo Russell, I think is a very real option to be moved. I think they're kind of, I mean, even though he's been hot, um, maybe fed up with him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, you know, you got to look at the teams that are struggling. Um, yeah, I, I'm just excited. I don't know who it'll be. Yeah, I mean, Murray's probably the biggest name that has a real shot to move. I, I think that's probably would be a good guess.
0: I'll throw out one other name here who's also on the Pistons, the other Bogdanovich.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's been, they've him. been trying to move him for a couple of years. And, you know, he definitely doesn't fit their timeline. Um, so he would be, he would be a, you know, a rental, a hired gun for some team.
0: I can't believe he's still there. I really can't believe it. It's insane.
1: Yeah.
0: So anyway, we will be on the pulse of the trade deadline, covering everything that goes down for the Timberwolves, or at least I will. You'll be in Memphis, but we'll have some coverage. Or No, I'm sorry, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. They do call it the Memphis of the Midwest, so. <laughs> <laughs> or at least someone has. Chris, thanks so much for being here.
1: Yeah, no problem, man. I'm going to be uh I'm going to be on the drive tomorrow to Milwaukee uh following the trade deadline. It'll be, you know, driving on a work day, or, you know, riding on a work day following the trade deadlines about as good as you can get from me.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I do want to mention before we go, once again, join us at the Park Tavern next Thursday the 15th for a live podcast at the Thirsty Pups Wolves Watch Party. You can see it on the screen right now. Also, I'm going to be there Thursday just to scope it out this Thursday tomorrow for the game versus Milwaukee. And you should check out the game versus the Clippers as well on Monday. But we'll for sure be there. 2:15 versus Portland at the Park Tavern in St. Louis Park. And make sure to join us. It's going to be a fun time. Anyway, this is the Running with the Wolves podcast on the Believe Sports Network. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube and give us a five-star rating. And do this challenge. Tell one friend about the podcast. Tell one friend, and then they'll tell one friend, and it just becomes a big pyramid scheme because we're trying to grow. And as always, go Wolves.